Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hey, Marketing Rebels and Happy New Year. It's Fab here, your marketing BFF and a teacher at Old Marketing School, a modern school, teaching you how to market to hearts. Together each week, we'll share the freshest news, tactics, and insights you simply can miss in 2024 because it's the first episode of the year. And today, for the first time this year, I am joined by the one and only, the only person that could start the year with me, BB. Just Bruno's back. Hey. What's up, baby? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it just came out. It just came out. I am obsessed. Actually talking about things that people cannot see unless you watch snippets. I was literally saying to Jess, you look lovely, which you, which you do. But also, for some reason, like in my head, the new trend of mob wife, like rich mob wife or just mob wife, kind of popped into my head. And you told me that you have been waiting for this to become a thing or you've been embracing it ever since. I've always been a mob wife. I think if you are from North London... You are a mob wife and they've just taken our style and run with it. It's hoops, it's gold chains, it's hair, bouncy. Like this has been my life since I was like 13. It's also, I mean, I'm going to give credit to another thing. It's also, I mean, depends on where where you look at the mob wife kind of trend spin-off that people do. But what you're mentioning as well is very much J-Lo vibes as well, which I'm obsessed with. Because that was like style icon of the early 2000s. It was like... Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to have the hoops, the ponytail, just rocking it and rolling it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm literally starting to wait to get lots of B-rolls or loops. I want to ask you about loop reels because it made me laugh. I saw something today. All about about people dressed like rich mob wives doing uh, B-rolls for the next 12 months. So I'm ready for it. Changing aesthetic, everybody. It's no more sleek, white. I know know, everybody's going to know what I'm talking about if you've been on Instagram in the last six months. White suit, white, kind of like two-piece, no more. Now it's all about leotard, which I have lots of actually, which I'm proud of. And <laughs> and then black, and black on black on black. Yes, that's that's the vibe. 
and forevermore. That's a start. <laughs> That's the start of the conversation. I'm already unhinged and we haven't even kicked off. This is Hello. great. What I wanted to ask you, actually, talking still on this on this vein of B-rolls and non-B-rolls and all the things, I I want to hear your opinion. And everybody, the dear listener, was back and is like, oh, they're back. Hi, guys. Hi, dear listener. We want to hear from you your opinion on viral loop reels, which you will have to explain what they are because I know that you know what they are. At least I hope you know what they are. I mean, they've been going around from the beginning, no? Yeah, yeah but, but they're just getting a bit more of a comeback. Exactly. And the funny thing about this is that right now I've seen about 10 posts. And I kid you not, 6 to 10, like 6 to, yeah, 6 to 10. So 6 out of 10 were like, loop reels are the way to grow in 2024. The other, you know, 40% is like, loop reels are dead. And it's just so funny because this is just an example. That's why I mentioned loop reels, which again, maybe you can remind us what they are. But I feel that that's been the conversation. And I took a bit of a break like yourself, but I took at the beginning of the year. And I came back slowly into the content world. And I was like, whoa, everything is so opinionated. And it's not a bad thing, but I think the opinions are so strongly clashing with each other that if I were to start on social media right now, I would feel confused as hell. Maybe it's just the people that I follow, but it has been insane to see literally the complete opposites constantly talked about all the time. I hate it. But the thing is, when you find the people that are talking about this, I want you, dear listener, to look at their followers and who's engaging with their content because it's usually other people like marketers or social media girlies that are like, yes, oh my God, this is so great. And they're just doing it for the engagement for themselves. That's what I found. Whenever you see something that sounds like uh, too good to be true, like whenever something comes around about like an engagement hack, and you have to engage for this amount of time. If a post is done like really well, usually it's because their comment section are filled with other people just sharing the same stuff. Like, so yeah, I hate that kind of stuff. It's so like I'm on the side of you know your like you know your business, you know your social media, you know what you want to post, you know your offer. Yes, there are some things that will do better than other things in terms of like fonts not clashing and colors not clashing and it being clear but a loop isn't going to be the way that you grow your page ultimately i'm like what i'm focusing on messaging wise is really moving away from busting like talking about hacky stuff and moving into like more training small business owners and people how to define their content funnels from like awareness to nurture to looking after the people that have already bought from you like I feel like that's the only thing that I want to focus on this year because it's the hacks have nothing to do with it you know what I love about this actually that makes me kind of think about one of the struggles that some people might have is that it kind of shows though the the way that 2023 has had a massive boost when it comes to actually people seeing results or having more conversations on social, but also it kind of stepping back from the business owners and looking at the marketers like ourselves instead. Then it can be hard though as a marketer to know how to show up. Like you'll give us an example of how you're going to do it. But then you, you have to make the conscious decision of do I go with quote unquote unquote the herd so that I can get the engagement so that then I can get the comments and then they're going to comment on mine and then I'm going to comment on theirs. Or do I actually accept that maybe I will have to readjust? Maybe the, the numbers are not going to be as high because I'm still testing and I'm going to accept that. 
but at least I'm going to do things my way. I don't know if I'm making sense, but we, you know, we don't realize, I think, as social media managers or marketers, even in general, a lot of marketers, there's expectations that if you're a marketer, you have to have still, I find for a lot of people, high numbers everywhere, especially if you're a social media manager, I think is even worse. And that can be a lot of pressure to then focus on the numbers still when some of us even keep telling our clients that they shouldn't, like, you know, business owners or whoever that might be. And I'm thinking about our students now and I'm putting myself into their hats starting out and be like, how do I find the balance between going for the numbers and doing the things that maybe will get me there, but also just accepting the numbers that I have. So I know that we talk about this a lot for the perspective of the business owners that you help. But if I'm going to ask you, what would you say to the marketers? Because I think it is slightly different. Yes, numbers don't count, but I think the mindset of numbers is even different when it comes to marketers looking at that as part of the reputation. Tell me if I'm not making sense. I'm going deep, straight on. We're starting all deep. <clears throat> if we go, that's, that's the year. Well, I can speak from my own experience as a marketer rather than like the people, because I've got a very small community of marketers that follow me and stay with me, but I, I share stuff for small business owners. But personally, as a marketer, I have, I think I have a, like a mental breakdown every week about my numbers. <laughs> I think I really do. I honestly feel like I don't have enough. What's going on? But then I remind myself that every client that I have worked with, none of them have been like, oh, but you have only got this amount of numbers. Like that's not, that's never happened in my life. They've not looked at my recent posting, like, oh, three likes, can't work with her. And if they have, I haven't been aware of it. At the end of the day, more is always better when it comes to marketing. We want more numbers, more likes, more engagement, more email subscribers. But that figure there doesn't have a, it doesn't have to have a direct correlation into what you're making in the business money-wise. And you can earn a significant amount of money by having one follower, 500 followers. It doesn't matter. But yes, growth is really important. But for me, whenever I get down about my own numbers, I think no one's ever thought less of me because of my numbers and no one's ever not booked me for a gig because of my numbers. That's never, ever been the case. And if they, if someone has come to my page and been like, oh, they're not for me, my bank account does not reflect that. Like I'm doing very, very well in business and I think we are always like, well, I'm always in a rush. I'm always doubting myself thinking, oh, I need more. This person's done so much more than me, but it's all perspective. Oh, I have a question for you. <laughs> I like how you've trailed off a really, really good point. Then you were like, wait a second, I have a question. Go on. Okay. Ask, so ask. this is, this is something that I saw recently. Someone, one of the gurus who is like an engagement person who says really focuses on do 15 minutes of engagement a day to train the algorithm to help it understand who you are like I'm not mad at that I think there's pros and cons to it but one thing that she's they are saying not as in a pronouns thing just because I don't want to like bait them out one thing that they're saying is if you have an Instagram page and it, you've gone from a personal to a business account or you've changed niche you should start a new page from scratch because the algorithm won't push you out there how do you feel about that as like a concept? What do you think about starting from scratch? Um, 
actually I will look at case to case scenario. So not helpful for for most people that want a yes or no answer, but you will rarely get a yes or no answer from me because that's not what you sign up for. For example, I would what the first question that I would ask myself or probably somebody else at this point, because I don't think I would start with question I really had to be very honest, is how do you feel about the content that is already there? How do you feel about the followers or the people that you're connected with? Because at the end of the day, hopefully followers at the very least, they communicate with you. If they don't at all, then we have a problem. But how do you feel about them? How do you feel about the content? And also the other question that I would have is how impactful is at this or was before you shifted or is right now your Instagram as a channel when it comes to the funnel? You talked about content funnels. As we all know, I'm huge on funnels or any kind of why I like funnels. And just because it's strategy, but because it's relationship building, which is what marketing should be. So if these questions kind of bring up some points, like I am disillusioned with my content, or I don't like the direction that I was going, I want to go completely different. My followers, I don't connect with them. Another point slash question I should have added. My followers follow me for other reasons. Because I was, uh, I don't know, because I was posting about my breakfast and now I want to talk about even if you did fitness, probably would be relevant. But let's say now I want to talk about quantum physics, which is, a, which is a, a, you know, if you want to jump that way, go for it. Then, you know, that, that will be irrelevant for them. So they wouldn't want to engage with that anyway. So they can always go and engage with a new page if they want to. And then the final piece is obviously the relevance and the drive that the Instagram has as a channel itself. That will be the questions that I would ask. And based on that, maybe I will think about it. The main thing that I know is a yes or no point for me is I wouldn't do it for the algorithm. I'm sorry, just because otherwise it goes back to the mentality of what am I doing for the algorithm? And I like what you mentioned about training the algorithm to know who to engage with because it makes sense because it looks at relationships, funnily enough. And that I can subscribe to. But the whole idea of starting from scratch just for that, for some people it feels so daunting that if they feel pressured into making that choice and it doesn't feel right to them, and you're not going to want to do it again. You know, that those are my thoughts. I don't know if it spikes anything for you, if there's any of these questions that make sense, but these are what I would ask myself. I, I agree with you. Whenever it was 2020 is when I transitioned my personal page into a business account and it didn't do any harm. Like I lost all the people that were like connected with me from Tinder. Like all the guys that I went out with, they were like, what the fuck is this girl posting about marketing? Like that's not boobs. <laughs> So they just made big shift that, yeah, big change that. Yeah, but everyone else, like my friends, were just kind of cool with it. And so I think now it's been years and years and years. And there's no point in for my personally as a case to start a new page because the people that I've got on this account know what I do, and my friends are just like accustomed to it, who are already there. But it really like it made me second guess myself because the way the user talked about it was with such bravado. And so sure, like this is the only way you must start again if you transition from a business page from a personal account to a business page. You're not doing yourself any favors. But I'm like, I need to remind myself that everyone's journey is different. And I've built this business from an Instagram that I turned from a personal page into a business page. Like, uh, yeah. So just thinking about what you said earlier with like the amount of information that's going out there, the amount of people that have such strong opinions, like. You are the person that has to test it. You are the person that has to see if it works for you, if it doesn't work for you. And that's on a whole spectrum of your mental capacity to, if you have a team like working with you, because I've never 
my business is not built on an engagement strategy. I think there is lead generation is really important. Networking is really important, but I don't think you can capitalize it on 15 minutes a day. Like I just don't, I don't know. I think you have to find a way that works for you. Does that make sense? It does. And you actually made, and I'm going to go back one step because you made a very interesting point. And it goes back to how we always teach, but I think how I want to make even clear that as we teach as a school, go back to the funnel for a second. Marketing funnels are a journey and they're done a specific way. You can do them differently, but what is a marketing funnel? You kind of say what it is, like historically, what, what people will learn it as. And then you can challenge, you can question it. But in everything that we teach, so there's twofold. First of all, we teach things in a way that we challenge people to change their mindset and ask themselves a question about what feels right. And secondly, which is a harder layer, but we, I think we're doing that quite well, which is why our students love us. We also encourage them then to ask themselves or each other, which is even more powerful, the questions to help them figure out what works for them. I rarely, rarely give advice to my students that, are oh, you should do this, unless it's more of a case of you should do this, again, to protect your mental well-being. Like I said, don't start a new page if it feels daunting. But I rarely say this is what you should be doing. There is an element of guidance, but a lot of it comes from self-reflection. And sadly, I can't teach this unscale to everybody on I wish. I wish everybody on the Instagram had like followed us automatically just so that I can teach them that. Nothing else. Let's even go beyond sales. If I could teach them that, especially marketers or people that are new online and they want to make a living online in whichever way, have, you know, learn how to have discerning skills that help you understanding how things work for you and questioning things, that is such a powerful skill that is going to be more powerful, in my opinion, even than knowing how to use Instagram because it changes all the time. And other things, there are lots of skills that you should know and I think they can be applicable for different things you do like email marketing, SEO. But if you know how to take the information and figure out if it works for you, whether it's a campaign, a hack, a tactic or a technique, that's huge. I don't think people talk about that enough. Why, Jess? I'll tell you why I get excited. Now I'm getting like, oh, my hand is coming up. You can't see it. Now it's like a hand flying. Because it's not sexy. Like, you're a listener. I hope you're not asleep. But you listen to this, you're like, yeah, okay, fine. But it means I have to think about it. It means I don't get the answer straight away. It means we like to be directed and guided and be told this is what you have to do. However, it doesn't always work because of what you just said. So it's less sexy as an option. But in my opinion, that's what elevates you whichever area of your business that you do your work like an expert is more of an expert to me if he's able to help you understand whether this works for me rather than telling me exactly what to do because I want to do and I'm miserable then I don't get anything out of it that's that's I mean I love what you mentioned but that was one extra reflection around that based on what you said about people pushing one direction or the other because then you don't even want to be around because all you hear is you know completely opposite conversations and advice that is given to you 24 7 and as you say even you knowing yourself and you are quite in a good way very asserted in some things you gave me advice before when I was like I don't know what to do and you said just do that and I was like oh, yeah makes sense uh you know just like you know you said to me why don't you do it that way actually you didn't say do that you asked me why don't you do it that way and I was like oh yeah makes sense but even you questioned yourself on something that you already know because of how people said things. So I think there's a lot of responsibility in us as teachers and experts to do that as well, to facilitate that thinking. Am I making sense? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think if anyone is preaching something as gospel, it's a huge red flag, especially in marketing, because nothing 
is concrete. Everything's up for change and everything is so bespoke to the business or the marketer. So yeah, Sony, but people, exactly, it's not sexy. So people are just going to continue to speak like this is the only way forever. So based on this, let, let's let's kind of do a bit of a mini exercise. Dear listener, you can think about one thing yourself too, if you want to see what I did there. What is one thing that we're leaving behind in 2023 then? What is one thing that we're just going to be like, whoop, like... What am I leaving behind? What are you leaving behind? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I'm going to ask her first. Yeah. Okay, dear listener, you think about what you're going to leave behind. Um, what I am going to leave behind is content formats that don't serve me. I'm going to explain. It's not as much as trends, because actually I do enjoy some trends in some respect, but if it doesn't feel easy for me to create... Especially since, by the way, if you look at our Instagram at this point or any social, I am behind all of it. I'm not going to do it anymore. And for example, carousels is a yes and no, so I don't mind doing the odd one, but it's just, for me, it's more of a drag. Put me in front of a camera, I can talk for hours. Editing it is also easy. I enjoy editing videos. So it's hard, but I'm like, I want to do more of what brings me joy in general. Like Our joy of marketing class that happened at this time of recording this week was one of the most well-attended class in the last six months because people want that, not just for their audience, but for themselves. So I guess that just leaving behind the content format specifically that don't serve me because I have to create them as well. And I just want to do things that make me happy and content is already a big work. So I think that's that one. I love that. I really love that. What about you though? Now now, now, now you can't ask the listener. The listener is not going <laughs> to be able to say it to you. I, I don't know. I really don't know. There's a lot of things that I loved last year, but I feel like I've just been going, going, going. And I think this is a conversation we have all the time. I want to be able to do so many things. I think, let me just, this is something I was reflecting on today, actually. Content pillars. Um, I'm very like anti-content pillars have been from the day, but I always say if it works for you, fabulous, keep doing it, keep using them. But instead of focusing on pillars, as I said in the like the beginning of the somewhere in this chat, I'm looking at audience um, entry points. I'm creating content around that in in that funnel instead of educational, inspirational, promotional. I'm doing top of funnel to bottom of funnel. So entry uh, is this for the for you page? Is this for the explore page? The middle have they been following me for a while? Why haven't they converted? And then people that are already purchased something from me, content for them. So that's that's where I'm moving into. I love that. I love that. So as you said, even if you left behind content pillars in the traditional way a long time, like a long way back, I think it's almost looking at them and what are you going to do instead and yeah. how are you going to do that, which I think is really clever, especially for how you use your social platforms yeah. Um, because for some people they find that they prefer to focus on one or two stages of the funnel for that and that's also totally fine I believe it's depending on the scale of your business or the type of business but I think it's really refreshing because it's more challenging as well to tap into all the different areas of our funnels that that's what I find as well and by the way if you don't know much about funnels I'm going to mention it it's going to be in the show notes check out our Master Marketing Funnels Masterclass because we talk about funnels there so you might as well there you go no go go no not yet no yeah. Before you go, um, I have one more thing for us. As I don't know if you remember the listener, but we're going to look at a lesson in action. 
And in fact, what I want to talk about is one practical marketing idea to try. I'm not going to call it a hack because as we said, we feel special about hacks, but I like to look at what people have been doing and that's been working and actually that we tried as well in our case for this one. And it's something that is tied to freebies, which maybe Jess can talk us a bit more about because I know you just finished a challenge on emails. So we can talk about that for a second. And so this lesson in action is actually something that we shifted the last six months I did that. And it's really interesting how it does work. So this is actually from a creator called Sarah Renee Clark. And she has devised a genius way of marketing her freebies. She places them directly in her online shop. So whenever people go for it, they see that at the top as a zero or like pay what you can, but I think they're kind of like the price like zero. And then basically people can go through, it's like a free checkout and then they get into the system and they get the freebie itself as part of the experience. And it's kind of good because it builds trust and obviously sets up already their intention. And we've seen people doing it with like one pounds, like zero ninety nine and stuff. But trying it with freebie can be different but similar. So we've done that in our Notion page, which is our shop where all the Notion templates are. At the top, you can find, again, shout out to the page as well. You can find a couple of our templates are free and you can just buy them there or buy them, access them there for free. And we've seen that by moving them there, instead of being like a free resources page, it actually has helped a lot because actually our shop page, even if people maybe don't buy straight away, is interest that people click on it to see what they can get. And so having it there at the top is a really good entry level for that conversation. So we tried it and it works. I don't think it works necessarily for everybody, but if you do something like this, my suggestion is to track it, see if it would work for you. And it was interesting for me to see that people, more people were actually downloading those freebies that otherwise they weren't getting as much action. Tell us a bit more about what a freebie is maybe first and then some of your thoughts on this as well. A freebie? A freebie is a way to give your audience something that they get a nice juicy thing and in return you receive some of their data. So typically that data looks like you get their name and their email address so you can continue to reach out to them via your email platform but you can collect more data too like a number or whatever else that you wanted to track, perhaps a birthday, anything that you think is going to be important for you to have information from by accessing your freebie, the exchange is the customer gets the freebie and you receive some more of their data that is typically off of your social media. It's really good for driving people from your your social media pages onto a mailing list or onto an SMS marketing place or whatever you whatever you're wherever you want to put them. Um, now I'll tell you about the freebie that I've just run because it, it was really good. I marketed it for just over a week. It was kind of like a, just a January short incentive and I got about 50 people signing up to it, which is great for something that I posted, I think twice, two or three times about. So it wasn't, it wasn't something that I had to do a lot of impact from me, but it did have a great, uh, ROI. And so what this freebie that I'm running at that I ran was to get an influx of people on it and to get some reviews from it, I made it exclusive. So it ran for 10 days and it was a grow your email list by a hundred new subscribers in 10 days. And each of those 10 days received a short but actionable content prompt from me to help drive traffic. Now if you the idea is if you 
completed every single day, you would get 100 new subscribers with the goal of 10 new email subs per day. But obviously, it's going to be case by case. And so when that's finished, it's just literally finished today. So what I'm going to do is reply to everyone and see how they got on with it, get those reviews, get that feedback, put it on my website, and then create this funnel as evergreen. So it's always going to be there. You can opt in at any time and it just takes you through an automation. I hope that explained what a freebie is and then how I'm using a freebie. <laughs> well, yeah, I love that. And actually it's a very, it's a very inception-based freebie. I like that because it's yeah. email marketing, which obviously is how you will drive people in with a freebie, you get them into your database, aka usually email or something of the likes. No, I absolutely love that. And I think that's another great example of how to then run a funnel like the other thing for example so you have that funnel that starts off with that which is evergreen when you're looking at this kind of shop example with a freebie in it then obviously a simple funnel a journey so as, as Jess also explained earlier would be then you go from there you can either upsell straight away something you know that is actually paid or afterwards obviously if the freebie should be linked as just kind of explained is linked to then what you're gonna want them to do next so if you have a freebie, then maybe you model it on some of the other stuff in the shop. And in Jess's case, you're modeling then on the other offers that you have to obviously grow your audience and all subscribers. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where, especially this year, even if it's kind of almost February, it's going to be almost February at the time of this coming out. I think so many of us just felt like the year really started maybe this week or last week, like properly. I don't know if you feel like everybody was rushing, but nobody really felt, I think, very settled. At least everybody I talked to. Maybe maybe we've got some outliers. So I think it's been really a time where I'll talk to a lot of people and there's been less conversations about heavy growth and a lot of conversation about setting up the right things for the next couple of months, which is refreshing. So if any of these sounds like something you want to try, then my suggestion for that, I want to hear your suggestion as well, regardless of whichever type of freebie or, you know, kind of technique you want to use, take your time with it as you are setting it up. And it's going to take you longer than you think. Even if you literally do like a free version of something in your shop, to set it up to have actually a journey built around it is going to take a bit more time than you think. Even like just having to take on the reviews and stuff and put it up, it's going to take a bit of time. And if you do that with the timing that it will take, you will get less burned out in the process and it will become a repeatable thing that you can reuse. Have you got any more tips when setting up a freebie worried magnet like that? Inside the content club, I've got a whole freebie funnel template if you wanted to get that from me but honestly if you are if you are like me and like to do things in one big chunk rather than drip feeding it I blocked out two days of my calendar just to like bash it out so created the whole funnel wrote everything out recorded videos to go alongside the funnel made the sign up page and created the promotional content and I just I hyper-focused on it for two days straight. If I didn't do that, it would never get done. But it's been something that's been so, so, so good for me in the business. So that's that was that's my advice if you'd like to do stuff like that. That is actually great. I'm just going to finish off by showing you that we basically said the same thing in a different way. I'm going to say explain why. Because you took your time by taking the time off and doing nothing else. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of also how I like to operate a bit more. Not time blocking as much, mainly because of what's happened in the last couple of months. I haven't been able to time block like that. But if I were to do things the best way, that would be my favorite way. Just yeah. time block and do all it because I work better in a state of flow. Mm. For some people, it means actually being realistic about their timeline. 
because their circumstances don't allow that for them. Yeah. So I think in both ways is a reminder that taking your time just to finish off with the whole conversation we've had today is about doing things your way, taking what we're talking about. And you see the principle is the same, just, you know, prioritize and make sure that you're realistic with what you can do and then make the decision that you need to make to make it happen. And I think that comes with 2024 in general. I hope more people can be just like ourselves. Not necessarily like rich mob wives or kind of weird like punk rock teenagers. I feel like that's literally my era at the moment. Like my vans, even when it's goddamn snowing, but who cares? But also to be kinder to ourselves. And I say this all the time, you know, be kind to yourself and others. But I really mean it. And I think whether it means something that Jess talks about all the time, which is choosing who to follow or to mute or unmute, whether it means, you know, prioritizing the good things, trying things, or even go to a business buddy and ask them, I feel this way about this. What should I do? I think really 2024 is a year to kind of come together a bit more and, you know, help each other's out, which is always what I've, what we believe in. But I think even more now than ever, uh, because things are not going to slow down, at least on the outside world can slow down for us, but there's so much noise and um, sometimes it can feel daunting. So yeah, be kind to yourself and others. And before I close off, just remind people where they can find you one more time. Just in case the listener is very new to us. Come and find me on Instagram at jessica.sophia with a ph dot Bruno. And then from there, you can navigate all my links and everything from the content club to working with me one-to-one. And yes, I'm going to say one more time. It's good to be back. Uh, yes, be kind to yourself and others. And remember, true marketing speaks to hearts, not just to minds. And until next time, it's so good to be back. But class is dismissed.